0: Metallica that's the best that's the good stuff and that is and justice for all here we go with episode four uh taking you to 1988 hopefully you can't hear my dog running in circles behind me um he picked this moment to go nuts so we're gonna have to pause there give us a second guys we're starting with Metallica and justice for Jason let's kick it off Alex give me your out of 10
1: Oh man. Okay. Well, what did I give Master of Puppets? I think I gave it a 9. I mean, this gave album it a nine. I did. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to give this an 8. Even though this is top 2 Metallica record for me, I will re- I will say I realize all the way through it's not as strong. As master of puppets, I still love this album so much. So I'm I'm going to give it a little bit lower of a rating, but in my mind, it's still one of my favorites. So I I'm going to give it an eight for now. It might jump up.
0: Flushed it. That means uh, Chris neck
2: Um, I'm going to give this a uh, personal strong ten. Yeah, this is an album that has always Perfect resonated album. very strong. What? album. Yeah, for me, yeah, this is actually one of my favorite albums in general. Um, yeah, it's just for whatever reason, whether it's because it's not as representative, like, in the live set and on radio. Uh, but, yeah, the rhythm's always really connected, even more than any other of their albums. And I can't explain why, again, because I know it's not Master of Puppets. It's not, right, the lightning but, uh It just always tickled that uh, special uh, kind of audible place for me. Um, yeah, it's definitely the most progressive the album, they ever I don't think they ever made a record like it either before or after. And uh, but it's funny, it's one of the few kind of progressive complexity meets accessibility uh, that you'll find uh, kind of in that genre. So, yeah,
0: got it. Starting off with a 10 of 10. Geez, I can't think of many perfect albums, uh, uh, but this seems to be one for you. I am going to do just an inch shy of that and give it a 9.5 in consideration of the and justice for Jason version of this record. I would not give the the uh, released version of this record a 9.5 simply because there's no bass. Um, I hate to be that guy who uh, has to do that, but um it, I mean, it's just that guy. Yeah, I, it's, it's good <laughs> enough. So um I give it a progressive metal masterpiece for it's at least ten years before progressive metal was even a thing. You have to go ten years at least to be able to come up with good progressive metal uh, that is rivaling a band Justice for All. So for that, it gets a nine point five. Kevin, finish it off.
3: Uh, boy, interesting. <laughs> Ten years, ten years. I mean, Awake was nineteen ninety four. Images and words, nineteen ninety
0: two. Oh, Awake is—it's got lie. I know, but I don't know if I could call the entire top to bottom album. They progressed. They are pretty poppy sounding. Look, let's let's not kid ourselves. They were getting higher firehouse uh, producer to produce their albums. So
3: true. But all right, I'm going to give this a six point five. (laughs) Yikes! Yikes! yeah that's all right like i said
2: this is a this is a personal 10 for me so that's uh you're i guess you're entitled to your opinion
0: here we go it's a show (laughs) of opinions here we go let's start it off kevin kick it off time signatures used in this, uh, song here. And I got into this record right around the same time. There was a sophomore high school, right around the same time I was getting into dream theater. So for me, uh, these went hand in hand, even though this predates dream theater by a good bit. And I had, there was a guitarist that I played with in, uh, in the high school jazz band. And he was into this record too. And he let me borrow uh, the tablature book for this record, and I love just looking at it. Like it was a work of art, even just to look at. I mean, to be honest, I might even say that this song or this record as a whole kind of led me down a a, a musical theory journey and really opened up my uh, um, interest in this kind of metal. You know, I, I've always been a yes fan just from um, you know my dad and always into progressive rock, but progressive metal this album was the moment for me that I really started diving into that and really almost separate because my introduction to Metallica was Reload and The Unforgiven Part 2. Uh, so uh, <laughs> quite quite a different spot. Uh, to, it's almost like rediscovering the Metallica. And before I leave on my comments here, I have to nominate this Part here the section at 410 as the second coolest moment from Metallica uh, outside of creeping death let me cue that up because I just think this is just raw cool. I mean, those alternating bars of 4-4 and 5-4, it is just nerd, nerd heaven. I just, I just, I can't get enough of that. I mean, and the the solo is good, it's melodic. This album is full of solos that I actually want to learn from Kirk. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kirk, because that's a change of pace.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to agree uh, on all those points. I mean, up until this point, this is by far my favorite Metallica opener and possibly my favorite Metallica opener ever. I mean, I know we got a super strong one on the next record, but hit the
2: lights, beat
1: that out. yeah, I think this is going to beat hit the lights for me. I mean, I, this is a Jason song, too. I mean, Jason yeah. Newsted coming to the band and then dropping this riff You know into the camp like this is is super strong Uh, a really fun one i I like that you mentioned the time signature changes there because honestly they do it in a way kind of like rush where you know to the the guitar player you're really going to pick up on that and you're going to nerd and geek out but they have it in a mainstream level where you can kind of just listen to this on the radio and it's still, like, very comfortable and easy to listen to, and it doesn't really it's trick natural. your brain or sound kind of awkward or throw you off. It still, like, works in a mainstream sense. And I'm going to go ahead and say, like, this is a Lars record. I think this is the best Lars has ever done. Uh, yeah. and 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 here I go with my live stuff yet again but the uh, the thing that really got me into this record as a whole and the reason why this is top two uh, Metallica records for me is honestly it's that 89 Seattle show that you guys may have seen just the whole vibe of the band like them in all black and James with the white explore and the stage production and them just opening the show with this song and they're just I don't know what kind of vitamins they were on but they are flying yeah. <laughs> on this record right
0: to <laughs> it, 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 they in it, Moscow?
1: They might have and you know to be honest this is going to be sort of a weird thing and I feel like I just recently kind of came up to this conclusion but yes I've heard the injustice, injustice for Jason and I do think that you know whatever the reason for mixing the bass solo there, there's different theories on it but I gotta say I am kind of used to the sound at this point and, yeah. <laughs> and, and and lars has gone on record saying that when they've reissued this record he didn't decide to go back and remix it he kept it the way it is because it's just charming and that's the way it is and he doesn't want to throw anybody for rope and honestly it really does fit the whole vibe of the record and it keeps it really tight and precise and i love the clicky kick drum i love mm-hmm. the guitar tones i love the drum tones i know kevin you you, you as the engineer might kind of hate me for saying that. And yes, I do wish that there was some bass there, but I I don't mind how it is. Honestly, it just it's one of those things where I can I hear it, and, and I almost don't want it changed. I don't know. It, it's, well, I mean, it's tricky. Maybe me.
0: that's because so much heavy metal since then has gone roll back the bass. I think um, so. I, yeah, it's I mean, that I thin death metal and black metal.
1: Yeah, and I know we talked about you know Van Halen, and it's interesting because Oh You Eight One Two would have came out this year or the year prior and there's 88. 88 and there's arguably any base on that so i mean it's yeah, very rem- Mike record <laughs> yeah and it's reminiscent of the times and it's i don't know it's kind of that late 80s thin production and i can only imagine hearing this on cd how thin it is compared to the vinyl i don't have a vinyl version of it but
2: right yeah uh, great song. but uh yeah no i yeah I agree it's kind of funny thinking as far as the production yeah this pro- kind of is a moment in time and again it's i mean it's it's still sold four or five million copies i mean, so I don't think a lot that many people were that pissed off about yeah how it sounded again it's kind of it represents kind of the edge of the record and the kind of lyrical topics of kind of yeah government and uh, the uh yeah kind of the loss of uh if you want to uh, kind of be powerless against the, the against the man or whatever or however you want to call it. But yeah, as far as this song, though, yeah, this is I mean, what can you say? I mean, yeah, the great building opener, Um, yeah, the classic chorus, which is one of the reasons why I was really disappointed when we saw them live <laughs> that they didn't play this song, because that was one song I really wanted to sing and felt out. Yeah, just that yeah, such a sure. gut so pu- such a gut punching uh, yeah chorus. Yeah. I mean, what can you say? Yeah, and Mark, yeah, I was glad you pip the, the part you played at from four ten. That was one of the parts I had marked here, yeah, just a great kind of yeah, harmonized yeah, kind of guitar line, very unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, again, yeah, as much uh, crap as this record gets, uh, I still think. I mean, it, it, it seems like those harmonies that they were working on on on, uh, on puppets, I think was were a little bit more unique here. Though so people might argue with me, on that, on that again, this is all personal opinion. Um, and yeah it's just yeah this is uh, yeah just a rager yeah Best there is for you oh yeah yeah this is uh, so? you'll I'll, I'll, I'll emphasize that later a little bit more than okay. just uh yeah uh, <laughs> you
0: see where you're going
2: yeah and uh yeah i and again yeah this is i know james i think this is the his eco warrior song uh, and i do kind of like that line in there yeah, death of mother earth never a rebirth which is kind of like all mm-hmm. right okay he yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's a, a kind of a good kind of critique on yeah kind of yeah as far as destruction of nature
3: sure yeah i'm i'm gonna jump in here before we move on real quick um i do love the way this record opens i love this song i wish there was more of it on this album <laughs> you know this i don't know the feeling that it gives me i i detest the production. I, I know some people can be used to it. I absolutely hate it. I, I'm not sure. Like I, I, it was honestly when the production becomes a chore for me to listen to an album. It's really a shame because I feel like with better production, I'd be willing to bump this album up probably a point at least. Mm-hmm. And it's just tough. And I shouldn't have to rely on the injustice for Jason. I try to always listen to the original mix, original master of of albums when we do them, and it's. Man, even when I put it downstairs with a huge twelve-inch sub or whatever, there was no base. There was none, and it, it's really tough for me. What did you? What did you so, think
1: about the injustice for Jason? Did you appreciate that a little more? Or?
3: I didn't mind it. It still felt kind of half-baked, though. Yeah, because it's raw. It, every uh, it's well, everything wrong. else is just so dry. Uh, that this uh, it's just uh, i hate the snare sound on this <laughs> album yeah i right? can't yeah. stand it yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and it <laughs> sucks times, because though. lars's drumming is so fantastic is. like yeah, alex know. said i mean it's it's incredible and i love the time signatures and there's there's so much to digest and it's just eventually i'm just like okay give me a second you know, song is over okay go listen to something else take a breather and now i can come back to this it's tough. I wish I had the vinyl. Maybe that would be uh add a little warmth to it. But alas, I do not have it. Maybe hmm. I should have hired so.
0: Firehouse as producer. Hey,
1: hey! I will <laughs> absolutely love of my lifetime. I will absolutely back that decision.
3: Yeah,
2: let's have, have him remix the record I'm, on YouTube. Yeah.
3: Well, from from what I read, the producer he, he was a little confused too. Oh yeah, yeah from from
1: I mean, yeah, Lars.
2: Yeah, I think judgment. that should be emphasized yet yeah, that a lot of the guys still did. We're kind of, I think from Fleming, Rasmussen, all the way down to their mixing engineer, I think we're like, what the hell is this? So I, <laughs> I think, so I think, so I think there was a little bit of that. I think there was a little bit of kind of James and Lars in particular kind of taking, okay, this is what it is. And everybody just kind of was like, okay, I guess yeah, it's like take it or leave it. You know, before yeah. we move on, that's an yeah. interesting
0: political point um, with the band because it took Van Halen, what six or seven records to be able to really call their own shots with Warner Brothers to renegotiate their deal. I think it was after Diver Down, they finally were able to play a little trick and uh, and get Warner Brothers to forget to renew their deal so they could uh, basically strong arm the studio into giving them a lot more money and and, and power and everything. So, uh, you know, Metallica, four albums in, already being able to really call shots at a level that you wouldn't normally think a band would be able to butcher a mix like this and get away with it.
3: Yeah, I'll just say... I actually appreciate Lars sticking to his guns on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's that guy. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I don't mind it actually. You know, it, it is what it is. It is the decision that was made, and you know, that's that's kind of what we're gonna have to live with. You know, I suppose. You know, if I don't know, Rush did a good thing when they did Vapor Trails remix too, but. You know, you have both options to choose yeah, from. So I don't know. I I don't I don't mind him saying, you know, like oh this is kind of the way it is cuz th- th- I feel that way a lot of like with remasters when remasters can butcher an album. Oh yeah for me, and be like, oh, man, I can't even listen to this anymore, but the original is perfect, so... Yeah, that's a good I point. Know.
0: I mean, why even remaster it if you're not going to address the number one, number two, number three, and number four complaints about this record?
1: <laughs> well, it has <laughs> to... Sure. And and half the time, a remaster is not going to... You've got to remix it. Like, for example, I, I'll really try to keep this short, but... Because we got we to move on. But I'm such a big Oasis fan, right? And you listen to those, like, first couple records, and they are brick-walled to death. They're so slammed and loud and it just it's so fatiguing to listen to and like the the Noel the guitar player has gone back and he's like remixed one song and i was thinking oh great he's going to remix one of my favorite records and he's going to put it out like the way it should have been and he's like <laughs> mm, nah i'm going to do this one and then i'm going to leave the rest of the record <laughs> the way it was because that was a time and a place and that's the way people yeah. remember the record and i don't want to like mess with their
3: memories and i'm like
1: yeah. damn it do the vapor trails thing. That was such a good idea.
3: <laughs> yeah. Alright, well let's let's keep moving on. I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about. Uh, we're going to the title track now, and Justice for All.
2: Again, yeah, uh, yeah. here we have the band uh, painting a very cinematic uh, song structure here, especially with the intro, which is very, like, I, I still have a hard time wrapping my head around that, um, especially considering, again, it's another where James and Kirk really pushing the harmonizing guitar parts. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and again, you see it later kind of transcribed into a heavier riff context. And it's, yeah, it's just really, yeah, what can you say? Yeah, this is another yeah, a very sophisticated, almost classical music-sounding song. Yeah, um, I mean, it's
0: progressive metal masterpiece Clock in, in just under 10 minutes.
2: Um, yeah, I, <laughs> that was the one thing with with putting this together uh, for the show, just there's so many parts to dissect here without trying not to go on for 20 minutes. Um, yeah, Kevin, if you could, uh, the first uh, part, if you could cue it up at around one twelve. Um, I love the drums here. How they kind of work against the guitar. This is again just showing kind of Lars. Yeah. 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 I love how it just kind of drops out a little bit. and You got this very kind of. Yeah.
0: I love that alternating time signature. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, that's just always, yeah, again, there's a (laughs) talk about uh, one of many Warm Blanket moments for me. Uh, I just love, yeah, there's a lot of unique drumming in here, even with the more progressive elements, but I love that where it's kind of, it's got a very kind of laid back feel to it, and then all of a sudden it jumps into the, yeah, James's main riff. Uh, But it's funny, though, uh, about three quarters of the way through the song, though, again, I will admit, as much as I love this record, there's a lot of wheedling moments. There's that word again. <laughs> um but uh i think more than other on other albums i think kind of uh, uh kirk does kind of save himself where it doesn't go on too long where it's like okay you've got like the um uh you know where yeah uh, yeah kevin if you could queue up at 504 got a little bit of that weedle but it's still very i don't know it's got a very unique kind of lo-fi quality to it that i guess kind of maybe fits the album i mean because it is a very kind of yeah you want to say baseless, but i like how it works there in particular <laughs> you know uh, his, his yeah.
0: solos seem to be a little bit more split up this record
2: yeah, yeah. uh yeah it's weird yeah, yeah you'll have like the uh kind of almost like equal weedle and equal uh uh, kind of well constructed like that one i mean it's yeah. much more kind of a melodic uh kind of well thought out solo with a little bit of that kind of density but it uh mm-hmm. but that kind of works in the within the context of the solo itself
0: yeah i'm gonna pull out a section uh two minutes in i mean this has got a great intro you could just listen to this intro just for three minutes and dissect it as its own song mm-hmm. but uh i i just picked out this part here at two minutes because we, i was talking earlier about this being uh, you know, ten or make Kevin might argue five, six years ahead of its time. um but uh, you know, here, I mean, listen to what this sounds
4: right
0: I mean, it's almost gent sounding,
2: yeah, it's very there's mm-hmm. a lot of modern kind of yeah deep, and that one come nope. along
0: for another fifteen years. Uh, at least right i mean 20 years that's that's crazy
1: well uh, to, unless you're to, counting like a Masuga, which they yeah. kind of did that pretty early on which is a band i've like recently started kind of exploring so i'm no expert on it but yeah no th- this is this is one of my favorite songs on the record uh it is a longer one but i'm gonna throw out another kind of rush comparison in a way since we were talking about it earlier um, just because it is such a progressive metal record. But my favorite Rush song, and, and I, I guess I'll, if we ever get to a Rush discography, I'll be spoiling it here, but my favorite Rush song uh, is Xanadu off of Farewell to Kings, and that is a longer song. And that's one of those songs where it's up there in length, but you listen to it, and it feels like a three to four minute song because it's so interesting. There's so many different parts, and it just breezes through. And I kind of almost feel that with this song where it's long but there's so many cool parts in it that it keeps it interesting and you're not really slogging through it in my opinion and this is one where i've read that they were playing this on tour quite a while or quite a bit uh, on that first tour and then they even realized like man alright this song's pretty long let's not play this anymore and I think, of, I think a few years ago they were actually they busted this one out and that's where they have the Lady Justice statue out there and eventually it just kind of implodes at the very end uh, you know concluding with the song and I think they played it quite a bit on a tour not that long ago which that would have been a really cool one to hear but yeah I love the riffs I really do love the guitar tone on it I think it's really cool where it's it sounds like a tone that I would have today but a lot of the leads still are very clear and I I'm sure it's not a strat because I know Kirk was using like a Fernandez guitar back mm-hmm. then which was kind of it, it's got to be right because it's got that clean trebly like cutting sound on a lot of those riffs and then of course you know James is going to come in with that explore with the EMG's and it's it's that the balls to it too so i think it's a great blend of tones on this on this record you know minus the bass but it works
3: <laughs> i feel like yeah, yeah i feel like this is almost like peak maturity for the band right here I don't, I don't know how to describe it, because there's different kinds of maturity. There's a, you know, a straightforward songwriting maturity. But in terms of their ability to write a long song, I think this, is, this has got to be it. You can argue other songs, you can argue master puppets, but there's this ability, especially shown on this song, of just weaving in and out of time signatures, weaving in and out of feels, and it feels like nothing. It feels so easy. seamless. yeah. Yeah, there's there's nothing worse, and you'll, you know, you might hear me say this before. I know some (laughs) of you, you know, in in our group here have heard me say this before, but there's nothing worse in progressive music than when the time signatures are forced down your throat or, or, whoa, you know, here's a yeah here's, here's a bump we just smashed the transmission and the clutch to you know oh we're right. changing gears oh okay there's yeah. nothing worse than that in progressive music just trying to make a song long for no reason at all yeah progressive that's not, the, not the case it, yeah. yeah that's not the case with this song and i i really really appreciate that with this song it's a masterpiece in that sense so yeah Uh, Let's keep rolling and we'll move on here to Eye of the Beholder.
0: You know there's a lot on this song here that i feel you could hear on the black album there's a lot of mm-hmm. um i guess pre-writing or material that uh, ended up being uh, recycled out there um i i i love this part at uh, 220 here just with this this double bass it's so subtle on a record that really goes pretty crazy yeah. with the double bass i love you all you might know what i'm about there. For some reason I just love it. It's just so subtle. It just it it just hits. I mean, a lot of it's machine gun sounding around this record, and you know, mm-hmm. we'll get to that song. Um, but I just love this, the, the, like, as Ke- to Kevin's point, everything weaves, everything is full of mastery. It really isn't something where they're just, you know, uh, John Petrucci playing thir- 64th notes just, just because he can. And then Jordan Rudis comes in and plays 64th notes because he can. Um, like, they're really, like, they don't have to go Train full blast. Yeah, I mean, they do not have to go full blast all the time on this record. And that's a great example of it.
2: You know, it's funny, it's hard to talk about this record without kind of looking at the politics of it. Cause I mean, there is, I mean, yeah, this is a very political record. It's very social record. And uh, this is one of those uh, songs that really kind of, there, there's some things in here that kind of resonate in what's going on in the world right now. And, uh, I love that part. And Mark actually just kind of played the last part of it, that uh, freedom of speech is words that they will bend freedom with their exception, which I think is a very poignant kind of critique on what's going on. Now, I mean, and this is 30 years ago, as far as whether you're talking about the mainstream media or whatever, as far as what's acceptable to you know, it's like, what is freedom of speech? Is it? Well, it's kind of on a dangerous path right now, as far as what that really means. And I think James really, again, in 88, kind of really hit it very well right there. Uh, but yeah, this is another probably one of the simpler songs on the record. Uh, this is one of the few that I can actually kind of play all, as far as the riffing almost all the way through <laughs> without. Yeah, without getting too confusing uh or confused uh especially yeah that yeah, the intro for again this is they they've gotten very good at the whole fading uh fading into a specific guitar part and you, i just love it here where it's got that real marching feel to it uh and again yeah, the drums just kind of fill you up another kind of warm blanket moment uh but yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, again, yeah, just a very simple song, but what the uh, the uh, the topic or the lyrical topic is really kind of what really rang through for me here.
0: It's a pretty sure. timeless topic. I want to jump in. I forgot one thing here. I kind of detract from this song a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if I like James' use of his lower register here.
5: H- endurance is the wood i mean
0: he almost sounds kind of like a parody of himself when he sings in that range and i'm not sure like that to me is one of
3: the weaker points of this song Hmm, interesting point i kind of hear what you're talking about
2: that is I yeah. it is kind of yeah i don't know how you'd explain he that it yeah. sounds like a south park
0: yeah. version of himself like,
3: oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah maybe, maybe do another take there james okay oh, <laughs> but uh i, I i like about this song or what i started noticing about it is that uh, some of the inclusion of things other than weedle in, in the solos and i know we think, you know kirk has been trending that way for a little bit and we talked about that on some of the other songs but i've been noticing some massive dive bombs on this song oh, and yeah. some of the other ones and <laughs> and (laughs) i i love it (laughs) sign sign me up for more of that it's 1988 we're totally okay with that still at this point you know so that that's all good uh unfortunately this is this part of the album where i'm feeling a little bit of bloat around the gut we're clocking in at six and a half minutes here maybe 30 seconds to a minute could be shaved off Mm in my opinion. Needs to go for That's a jog. That's just though. Yes. A D- yeah, it doesn't need to hit full-on treadmill, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe a light jog. Yeah, I could see that, and
1: to be honest, I, I was you know brushing up on this record uh, a little bit today, and I would say, to be honest, it's going to sound kind of weird for me to say this because I love this record so much, but there are like four songs on this record that I that I kind of tend to forget about at times just because the other five songs are so strong and they're like five of like my favorite Metallica songs. So, I, And just the whole era of the band just really puts this record up for me. But this is one of those songs where I kind of had to go back today and listen to it and kind of remember how it went. And to be honest, if you're kind of looking back at the past records, um, it's kind of the same deal in the in the three spot, uh, or is it the four spot? No, it's the three spot, where it's almost like the uh, not the oddball song, but if you think about where we at here on "Ride the Lightning." All right, well, for whom the bell tolls. Be the, the thing. Bell. And for oh so for whom the bell toes is the big track, but if you're looking at track three on uh, this this is the way I would kind of compare it. If you look at Killem All, Motor Breath, right? First two songs, super freaking strong. And then Motor Breath's one like, okay, I, I don't really think about that one as much, but it's very solid. Like it's a good Back kind of my sleeper. Big key on that record. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a solid track. And then you look at you know obviously the three spot on the next two records, and those are huge. But I think here this is almost like a sleeper track. But I listened to it again today, and I found an appreciation for it. I think it's really cool. I love that riff. Dun, 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 nah, nah. I think there's like a yeah. lot of cool stuff going on. And I was reading about it today, and I guess this is one that they really haven't played. I don't I don't think since the eighty eight eighty nine tour because I. I've read that it's because, uh, and it's funny that you were commenting on James singing in the lower register, but I, I guess there's some higher parts in here that he can't really on, sing. Yeah. Uh, Anymore. Yeah, <laughs> He can't really sing Justice, no pun intended, to the studio version. So they're like, well, let's not play that one. But I, I think I will agree. It is a little long, but I still think it's pretty cool. And it's I wouldn't put it as my stock is rising song, but I, I do have an appreciation for it. I think it's uh, it's a cool three-spot song.
3: Sure. Put it I way. gotta it jump flows. in here. Oh yeah, I gotta jump in here real quick. One, I do like that riff that you mentioned, Alex. It reminds me of very queensryche inspired. Yeah, riff. sure. Something about it. It's just it really hits the spot. But I will say this. You know, I knew we we're gonna talk about track order and things sooner and later, but it's getting to the point where the formula is starting to wear on me, mm. and perhaps a reorder of this album would be better because i'm like of of yeah here we go you know here's our. art where as we head into one here here's this song here's the softer song blah 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 here's the instrumental <laughs> near the end of the album blah you know it's and that's not saying they're bad songs but it just seems like we've done this two to three times already and that's what's tough for me. That's what's tough. Maybe a reorg yeah. could have helped me bump this album a half a point or, mm. or something. I, I don't know.
0: In a row, the title track is the two spot.
3: Yeah, and we start talking about this with Van Halen a little bit, you know, before. So I, I'm unsure. It's not that they're bad songs because I love the title track on this album, right. and I love the title track of Master of Puppets. But uh, I don't know. It's just something that I was pondering. I'll get on board with the <laughs> <So, laughs>
0: harvester of, uh, of sorrow swapping spots with Eye of the Beholder.
3: Hmm. That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting, so. actually. All right. Uh, let's move on to one.
0: Another spot of uh, James's lower register not really working too well for me I know that's an odd thing to complain about in this song being that it's so iconic it works for Dave Mustaine it doesn't work for James Hetfield I like his higher register and with that I'm just gonna lean on Mike judges commentary for this song uh, being that this is one of the most iconic metal moments of all time <laughs>
5: Yes, yes, Metallica
0: rule. They did. I mean, does it get any better? Just Yes! Yes! <laughs> just those machine gun hits from Lars. Yeah. It's just such perfect allegory, I guess you would call it, for a song about uh war, uh or a veteran, so it it uh it I don't know, like it's not personally as cool to me as Creeping Death or Blackened on the top of Metallica moments list. Probably only because I've heard it just too many times.
1: Yep. Mark, I'm I'm gonna totally back that. I mean, this has gotta be the biggest song on the album and still such a huge live staple. And I will say seeing this one live was cool uh, back in oh nine because they extended the opening sound clips with the with the machine guns and stuff going off. I did think that was cool and yeah, I, I love playing this one on guitar. Honestly I love playing that opening solo. I think it's really cool and there's a lot of great parts in this um I, I know kirk's solo is such a big part of this song and it's one of his more iconic solos where it gets into the tapping but honestly this is going to sound kind of weird and maybe it's not his fault it, actually it's not his fault because he, he was the first you know he put this into the world but when i hear that Tapping, I just think Guitar Center Line Six Insane Mode. I, I oh, like, God. like, I, I just picture <laughs> that guy. Yeah, I picture that guy with like you know the Slipknot shirt with the eye uh, with the Ibanez and overweight. yeah. I'm sorry, I hate to do it, but like just sitting in the gr- you know out with the Line Six Spider Three on Insane all Mode, trying to play day, all day, all trying day. to play that tapping. I just like I don't know that riff, and it's not his fault because he started that but you know those kids ruined that solo for me but yeah i mean the drumming is really cool (laughs) on this song it's a it's a good (laughs) ballad i think i like it more than fade to black and uh really yeah i think i do i i think it's a super i mean epic song and it's a cool live staple Uh, Mm -hmm. i put something in the chat here for you guys here's something kind of funny if you could play the opening like couple seconds of the song i put the YouTube link. See if you can hear any similarities. Oh yeah. My favorite Blink 182 <laughs>
4: song.
1: All right, you could cut it here. You could cut it here. But that's—I I don't know if you like if anybody's learned that. But for those that don't know, that's uh, Adam's song by Blink 182, uh, a band. Uh, probably not. uh, named in the same circles as Metallica, but pretty interesting to hear that riff because if you actually figure that song out on guitar, it's literally like the same notes as one by Metallica. It's just... The pattern Ooh. is a little differently, so that's just. Ooh, do little, I
2: sense a? Uh, yeah, not. I mean, not I of, mean, and, yeah, and that <laughs> and, and that
1: song came out in '99, so a good 11 years later. But hey, both uh, Southern California bands, so maybe there was a little inspiration there. But I always found that to be a cool little fun fact. Yeah.
0: There. Well, in that point too, there's. Uh, I mean, it's not the same lyrical topic as uh, a Fade to Black, but Adam's song is. So yeah, um, I guess
1: depression, maybe they, suicide.
0: There. Maybe.
1: Yeah, that's my little bit there but yeah no mark i'll agree my last thing uh it, it is one of those songs where i feel like you hear it on the radio all the time and it's again it's like not the band's fault that the radio station and the press played this song to death but yeah it's one of those ones where it's like I don't need to hear it i'll i'll skip it and move on to the deep cuts
2: uh, yeah what I'd like to focus on here because i think you guys kind of yeah, discussed uh the uh, guitar playing a little bit uh, is just james's performance on here i think is very uh, is is very good. I mean, as far as kind of inhabiting the character at the center of the story, yeah, this kind of burned up, kind of as crippled as yeah you can get, yeah, a war veteran, and you can see yeah James really kind of putting in all the inflections on each kind of part of the story. Uh, you can uh yeah Kevin, if you could queue up at two eleven, uh, uh, this is I think the part in the song where James
5: really kind of.
2: Yeah, where you can really, yeah, I know that's probably one of the more iconic parts of the song, but you can really hear James kind of giving a voice to the character at the center of the story. Uh, And also, as far as going from this very kind of of lower desperation, where he almost jumps into, where it's almost like the character is having a nervous breakdown at uh, 421. If you could cue that up. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just always love that, where he really kind of goes through all of the emotions uh, of the central character in the story, where you got kind of this longing, and then you have like the breakdown where it's like, I can't deal, I've got, yeah, I'm kind of stuck inside myself, and I have to deal with all these, yeah, kind of mental images, and mm-hmm. again, and I've said this before, before just appreciating uh, James's kind of ability to go into those places, yeah, always, sure. yeah, always kind of, yeah, got to give big respect to that
0: especially on a record titled and justice for all.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I am gonna agree with you, Chris. I think he does a good job in this song. Um, in a weird way, I'm just gonna make this quick. Uh, this is my stocks on the rise song. And you're thinking, how can one be your Stocks on the the rise song? That's kind of interesting, Kevin. Well, the thing is, it's one of those songs that I had listened to so much as a kid. You know, when, when I was getting into Metallica, I remember Mark playing it all the time. You know, I remember listening to it all the time. And then I never listened to it again. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this yeah. song and yeah, kind of moved on. Them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> something like that. You know, when it, when I, you know, the, the years after that and listening to it now, I found so much more to appreciate from the lyrical content. Right. to some of the different riffs to some of the different you know things that were going on in the song and the flow of the song and, and just all those musical bits that I had never noticed before and then never picked out, up on when I was developing musically so I, I it's kind of like oh yeah this song again you know this this is it but I'm appreciating it for its some of its depth this time, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. A, a weird stock on the rise, yeah. You
0: know, I think we can agree uh, <laughs> that uh, this is overplayed for good
3: reason, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great right. song, maybe sometimes can't take it, but yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the shortest straw.
1: Is so sick this might I, I i'm gonna blow it here but this i think this is my favorite song on the record this song is so cool i love the beginning of it how it opens up uh i mean this is like the lars song on this record for me this is the one where i'm always air drumming i love what he does where he does I mentioned it and I think the last uh actually I think I first mentioned it when we were talking about For Whom the Bell Toes where he does his signature kind of off-time crash. Not so much with the guitar hit, but it kind of comes in like one beat later and fills up the space. I love it here. I love the riffs. Uh I don't know. And I know my my friend Harold who lives out in Portland, this has gotta be his favorite Metallica record too, and this is like the one song on the record where we always geek out about and we'll we'll send each other live videos of this song. And we'd be like short of straw man. That's the track. <laughs> I, I think this is cool. And, and, and to be honest, uh, looking back at the formula, and I know Kev, you're getting a little tired of it at this point. But if you look back at the, if you look back at the five and six spot on the last couple records. I mean, if you have the vinyl version of this record, they actually, because it's so long, they I think they split it up into four discs, so it's not a traditional side A, side B here, but if you were to think of it in that terms in the five and six spot, okay, so what do we got? We have at that point we'd have Phantom Lord and No Remorse, right? And then we're going to have Trapped Under Ice, Escape in the five and six, and then for Master, we got Disposable and Leper Messiah, and here it goes short to straw harvester of sorrow and i'm gonna say this is my favorite five and six spot they've done to this date and maybe ever i i think yeah. it's
5: so good
1: like, right here opening up side it's not technically side b like i said because you know they split it up into a couple discs but if it were this is the best five and six i think they've done
3: well, he, he, here we go. I'm afraid, Alex, I'm going to have to stop no! the gushing there. I knew it was coming. Is this a
0: whiplash moment?
3: This is a whiplash I moment. I wrote that down. I, I hate the chorus shortest on this straw. song. Oh, on. I can't eat. Oh, straw. man. There's some cool things going on in this song, but I was riding my bike and doing things during the week, and I'm like, I can't take Shortest straw. Do I look cool coming Should down
4: the driveway listening
0: to Shortest that's, straw? <laughs> that's,
3: that's what it is. Blastemate. I That's what it is. I said, I you know, when Mark talked about Metallica being cool and you wanting to hear other people to hear you listening to Metallica, this is the song that I turn off because I just can't take the lyrics short as straw. I get the point. I kind of, I understand the message, but man, just uh, I can't. I would never yell short a straw into a microphone and think it's great. <laughs> and it's
1: it's you just to tough for me. And <laughs> be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I the show has okay. been pulled for you. All right, maybe the yeah. vocals aren't the best, but I just musically, I think it's so cool because yeah. I think it's still somewhat simple, but there's a lot of tasty kind of time changes and stuff and they're not doing anything too crazy and i don't know that's my i think i hate i hate to say it the music does it for me over the vocals yeah i'm gonna stop the
3: gushing there too because i still think it's a minute too long i think harvester of sorrow does it better that is if you're talking about a a, shorter but a shorter song with a shouting chorus uh you're not that. That's just me, though. Go that's on. Funny. Okay, yeah. I'll back.
0: I'll back up the musical uh, uh, um, critique here uh, with a little excerpt that I'd like to play uh, in the solo section from Kirk here. For you.
5: Oh, hold <laughs> what the?
0: hell was that that's
1: a slayer solo the chaos that's what
0: it's exactly what. like a bad carrie king moment what uh, was know. that i want to hear it again <laughs> okay it's, it's like he his, walked in for the wrong song his finger <laughs> slipped I, 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 I had I had to actually I actually had to musically analyze that to figure out what the hell was going on he is playing so it's, it's it's E Phrygian which is basically this whole record is just like it's like E minor with a flat uh two like the E to F and everything um that's like this whole record is in that and then and then Kirk decides to bust out a blues solo in G <laughs> what the hell was that like it it takes me out of the whole song and i like i, I kind of like the riffing in this song but what was it's like like i saw somebody comment on it too they're like this is stuff that gives bob rock nightmares <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: well, the, they, I, I, the producer never told james to change the shortest straw never told kirk <laughs> to put the guitar down <laughs> Uh,
0: come on, Lars, like you're supposed to be the muscle in this when it comes push comes to shove musically, you know, and arrangement wise.
2: Yeah, I don't know. The vibe I get here, it's almost kind of like a like a proto Mashuga. I mean, this is not this is probably the most dissonant kind of uh, kind of hit to the gut song on the record. I mean, there's not I mean, if you listen to Mashuga solos, they, they're very much out of context. I mean, I know they're a dissonant band even more hit than that here. But I uh, just thinking about that uh that specific band I kind of accepted it here that kind of we I don't know if you want to call it beetling I think it's a little bit it's more just com- complicated it's yeah just like well, I don't he know learned
0: that lick from Satriani it was like I'm gonna put it
2: right there in the shortest straw I don't okay, care if well, it fits
0: it's like it's so nitro it did,
2: yeah it didn't hurt I don't think I don't know like I said, I mean the album still moved a lot of units. Yeah, <laughs> okay, but they
0: didn't move a lot of units because of the me. solo section on the right. shortest drum. Yeah.
2: <laughs> ah, I don't know.
1: I just love the drumming and the groove so yeah, much, I, just I, I gotta, I'm gonna,
2: Yeah, I'm gonna give. Have to get throw some support to my uh, bro Alex over there. Thank yeah, this you. is appreciated. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is just a. Yeah, just a kind of. Yeah, just kind of song. I mean, even the beginning is. Yeah, it's got that kind of tribal kind of drum feel to it. Uh, maybe that. Maybe this is the kind of. Break the rules song. I mean, if you want to call it that, where it just kind of, yeah, yeah or maybe the egos were flying here. It's like, okay, well, I'm gonna put that again. You, you guys are more well versed in music theory, but yeah, maybe it's like, okay, I'm gonna put that, yeah, that solo in G right there because I don't know, maybe who knows. I mean, this is I think one of the more tense periods in the band's history. I mean, because yeah, Cliff had just died what a year earlier, so they're trying to, and I'm sure the egos between, well, except for I know Jason was kind of left in the dust, but I'm sure between the other three members i'm sure there was a lot of kind of yeah and so who knows maybe at the, when they were recording that song maybe mm-hmm. there was something going on between kirk and the other guys where it's like okay i'm gonna just throw that in there <laughs> take that it just it, kind like of like it isn't yeah. a um a
0: strung out moment but it is kind of a i do kind of picture in the studio just like kirk staring at james <laughs> and <we> Lars. <laughs> <laughs> just being like what do do about it
3: <laughs> oh like, i forgot about that <laughs> i forgot the middle finger to uh, us look i know it was recorded
0: well before then but it just definitely
3: (laughs) sure
2: yeah Yeah, but who knows i mean yeah like i said i don't know i I look at this song it's just kind of a dissonant kind of just spastic kind of humble song and it it works for
1: me yeah Yeah, that's why i like it sure all right well
3: here's a better version of that Just a sucker for a mean stomping riff. Yeah. But man, does this rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> here comes the Sandman. I, I love it. it. It's just that w- what I wrote down here was uh, like this if the if harvester or uh if the shortest straw were better. It'd be this song. I mean, I know it's a different feel. I agree with but that. But I just though. get that kind of that kind of spot in the in the album, and just I feel like this is strong. Kind of gives me a thing that should not be vibes. It also gives me black album vibes. It makes me think maybe Bob Rock listened to this song and said, "More of this, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is great." Mm-hmm. So that that's just where I'm coming from here.
0: Is there any band that managed to coax more heaviness out of an E string than Metallica? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nuts you know i i you know I, I i wrote this down like i I, just like if i were to review this song in one sentence i would call it riffs with enough mass to collapse nearby stars into black holes it is wow. so heavy and i it love is. chorusless metallica it's
3: it's a nice yeah i was i uh, i pointed yeah. that out too like I, I said the chorus isn't melodic but i i said it doesn't need nope, to be in this song not at all. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I I gotta agree
1: with you guys. I mean, for the longest time, this was maybe my favorite Metallica song. It was definitely my favorite on the album. But I think, I don't know, within the last couple years, I've just found this big appreciation for Shortest Draw, and maybe because it's the underdog. But don't get me wrong, I mean, I think if you listen to this song, it's pretty obvious this is the better song. It's more impressive. And I actually have a funny memory about this song. Actually, I will have to say, maybe... This song might have actually introduced me to Metallica if I think about it. I mean, I want to say it probably was Enter Sandman in all reality, but here's my memory with this song. So... When I was a kid, my dad, through work, used to get complimentary tickets to White Sox games, okay? So I grew up going to Chicago White Sox games, and this would have been, what, like early to mid-2000s, and I'm sure you guys remember, but the famous first baseman, Paul Knurko, any -hmm. of you guys remember old Paul? Yeah. This was his, like, walk-up-to-the-plate get pumped up this was his song and i will always remember this song because it was so heavy and i recognize that guitar tone but i'm like what i know this is metallica but like what song is this because it's like i knew enter sandman and i probably knew like one or something else but like this isn't like a huge hit like on a mainstream level so i had to go home and figure out this song and i will always you know pair this song with Paul Canerco so this is my Chicago White Sox song it's crazy heavy I love playing it it's so fun to play and yeah I do like that there's not really like a melodic chorus I guess to it it's it's all in that stompy riff and that dun- 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 yeah. it's just so
3: pissed I love it Mm -hmm. I appreciate Paul digging deep into the Metallica deep cuts for his one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, this is going to be funny. I should have this should have been my one sentence and we're going to get here a little bit later. But I should have said if I had one sentence for this record would be uh, this is my Chicago White Sox record and I will. There's another tie in a little bit later, but go ahead. Why don't you tag Paul when you uh, do the the postings? I I would love to. (laughs) This is my Chicago White Sox record. So go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. You uh, have to
0: listen a minute and a half into, or an hour and a half into the show to get to that point. Geez.
2: Yeah, maybe we can tack that on to the beginning here. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely kind of like the second, as far as just you know, what Mark was saying, as far as just cranking down on those, yeah, power chords in the in the E string. Uh, it was probably similar to, again, for Whom the Bell Tolls, where it's just that where you can see he's just getting every harmonic kind of. Uh, whatever you want to call it right out of that. I mean there I don't think it's yeah, at least in during that era, I don't think they ever kind of got chunkier. Uh and it's yeah, it's funny. There's also a little bit as far as kind of foreshadowing uh kind of what you'd see kind of like in the black album, the uh like the verse riff really kind of reminded me of like that sad but true riff. Very simple kind of mm-hmm. yeah. 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 It's not almost it's yeah, it's almost yeah kind of like a very simple kind of like humming melody.
0: Yeah, it's the tritone and super heavy,
2: uh, right? Uh, so yeah, again, kind of appreciating, yeah, when they do kind of pull it back a little bit on the more simpler stuff, um, yeah, and yeah, as far as yeah, it's pretty much yeah, the riffing here is really what stands out. Yeah, the the guitar solos on here are more kind of traditional Metallica, uh, but you just when you just think of this of this song, you think of that kind of ominous clean part and just yeah the yeah just that James just digging in. Yeah, i think that's the song yeah if you had to to, again label this song with one kind of statement it's just digging yeah (laughs) 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 coming for you
3: yeah for sure yeah all right let's keep rolling with the album we're gonna get to the frayed ends of sanity Oh, I was letting you do it <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, maybe I'll let play behind while I speak um I mean that's a uh, uh I don't know it it's 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 not to fault them for it, but you know that ho yo yo you know i I can't get Wizard of Oz out of my head when they do that it, <laughs> like it, it just sounds like something a really, really awful black metal band would would just <laughs> cop in their music. And yeah, it's not to fault Metallica because this predates most of black metal, really. I mean, I guess Dark Throne would have been 90, or what, like an 89 or something. so um But you know, can't fault them for it. It's hard to get out of my head though when I hear it. But <laughs> I might, despite that, continue on uh, with the rest of the song and give it a Stocks on the Rise because it is a pretty interesting uh feel yeah. to this song and it almost has like the song structure almost feels like a where Eagles Dare it kind of has an inside out
5: Kevin stalks on the ride Thank you. Is... I
0: definitely feel that way about this song and um I mean there's some great machine gun picking there's a little instrumental journey uh starting at 3:40 you know it really is a a great inside out I mean come on it's an 8 minute track in the 7 spot and it isn't even the second it's the, I think it's the third longest song on the album really a great uh, uh a musical journey for the listener
3: this deep into the record hmm. oh this is this is another one where i'm gonna have to rain on mark's parade. <laughs> <laughs> rain down alex's parade no right. rain yeah, we got kevin's uh, so raining on parades no. <laughs> no 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 uh, the, the, the march of the winkies is is, is tough to get past <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> i mean i'm, I'm I just gonna be honest that makes it worse <laughs> I, I love The Wizard of Oz, American classic, cinema classic. Yeah. Let's just be uh, honest. Okay. Great movie. <laughs> I uh, uh, this though, is I one of those know. things. Can you look cool <laughs> listening to that? Yeah. No. That's People are like, I feel like somebody's modeling. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 can imagine pulling up in your convertible to get gas, yep. and that's yeah. going on, and and somebody looks over, uh, is that person listening to Metal Wizard of Oz? Uh, you're, you're expecting to hear somewhere over the rainbow, like, hold on, hold on, hold on.
4: So I
0: trash sometimes for excerpts that I don't like. And the reason why I give this a stocks on the rise is because on my first listening of this song, I'm like, the w- w- March of the Winkies, like, this it, is horrible. But then it gets good, it gets better. Okay, yeah, so that's, I know. But
3: this is my issue with it after the March of the Winkies okay. is that on a macro level, I broke this song down into an A section, a B section, and an A section. And for a three kind of section song, it's too long. Mm-hmm. And we got back to the A section. I'm like, oh, man. And it kept going and it kept going. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is cool. But it's, again, two minutes too long. And that's just the way I felt about it. It just felt like that prototypical progressive metal song. Here we go. Here's the chorus back after we did the riffing. Yay. And I just I couldn't take it. it. This guy over here. (laughs) It it is a melodic song. It's just I hate length for length's sake and that's what it starts to get into there used to be a time when I'd look at an album and I'd see like oh boy wow an 8 minute song a 9 minute song I can't wait <laughs> And then, and then eventually somewhere along the line that got ruined for me and I rejoice when I see that like 4 minute song on an album now because it's I don't know between Iron Maiden and later Metallica albums I'm just like oh yay a shorter song instead of Steve Harris intro for 2 minutes and then riff a riff b here comes bruce (laughs) 11 minutes later we're done with the song kind of deal and that's not putting down modern iron maiden but sometimes just pare it down i don't know i don't think go ahead justice
0: for all though it's it's a different era Uh, we're not padding it for padding's sake
3: perhaps not but it's it's everything else maybe after it ruined it for me maybe that's what it
0: is there's padding on this record we'll get to it (laughs)
3: All right, here is where I'm going
1: to back up my statement earlier. This is part two of the... Chicago White Sox Metallica record and let me explain <laughs> okay. why that's the case. So like I said I was growing up going to these games in the early 2000s and the White Sox had a famous right fielder by the name of Maglio Ordonez. I don't know if you guys remember him as well.
3: I actually do sure. remember that. Name. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, you know, like I said, going to these and I never put any of this stuff together. I was a little kid. So in the early 2000s what I would have been like 9 or 10 years old, right? And I'm going and I'm a huge sports Not, you know, I grew up on some classic rock, but I didn't really have a lot of experience in Metallica at all. And whenever Maglio would come up to the plate, guess what the whole entire stadium would chant? Oh, we oh, Maglio! Oh, we oh, Maglio! And I never, I'm like, oh, okay, that's just his, like something that the fans came up with. Cool, all right. Years later, I listened to the song for the first time, and I'm like, holy crap. That's a freaking Maglio Ordonez chant. And I'm putting it together, and then I'm like, okay, well, then there's the Paul Canerco Harvester of Sorrow thing. I wonder if they, did did Metallica, like, is there some kind of, like, deal that the, team and the band have together with plus, plus the band has got black and white and the colors and the album is black and white. Like, what the hell is going on here between <laughs> the Justice and the Chicago White Sox? I, don't know.
3: I like this conspira- the Illumi- conspiracy. Can we pull the Illuminati yeah. into this? Jerry yeah. <laughs> no, going-
0: has a secret deal. There's something going the on here but that's, the white Sox, there's like yeah.
3: three
1: tie-ins, two or three tie-ins yeah. going on here. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to back up Kevin here and say that this is one of those songs where I I don't know. That's kind of the only part that I ever remember of the song is the freaking (laughs) March of the Winkies. The rest of it, I didn't really (laughs) remember much. I had to listen to it again today and I'm like trying to find cool parts of it because this is one that the Metallica fan base, I think, have had wanted the band to play live for so long. I mean, you see videos of them playing and the crowd is chanting for it and there's times where the band will tease it. But, like, I don't think they actually played this song for the first time until 2014. So, I don't know. Maybe the band didn't feel that strongly of it. But, I don't know. It, like, that whole... Like, I feel like that part just kind of goes on, like, too long. And maybe... Is that kind of what you were talking about, Kevin? Where, like, that part is just kind of repetitive? Yeah. It just... yeah Yeah, i don't know i mean i i kind of want to go back and listen to this record again and really dissect some of these later songs on the album because like it's just so top like the first half of it is so top heavy for me and that's where all my love is but yeah i don't know Uh, something about it just doesn't stand out to me other than the maglio
0: chris Chris, can you put the firehouse fans in their place please
1: i hey
2: (laughs) (laughs) hey yeah, I.
1: Hey, I'm Chris, not th-
3: I know you like a little bit of Firehouse. Please. <laughs> I do. I do what? like
1: a
2: little bit. Did, did you see that? <laughs> that, that you. I was watching Firehouse with my dad on uh, the late night uh, MTV Classic. Uh, yeah. yeah, there First we laugh
3: go. quotes.
2: <laughs> yeah, as soon as I turn on the TV, what do I got? Yeah, you, uh, hopefully you guys got that video because yeah, I was I la- CJ
3: snare right in your face. <laughs> yeah,
2: I was. I was laughing really hard, and my dad was like, "Why are you laughing so hard?" Well, here, and I had to explain Back Firehouse to, to my dad. Please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm not as bothered by the oeos i guess as you yeah maybe i'm just older and wiser i don't know i guess i can appreciate uh <laughs> the, the, these quirky little things but uh yeah there's a lot going on here yeah, without wasting too much time Yeah, again just a simple kind of razor blade riff uh that kind of carries through the song uh i don't know uh, i guess the length of all these songs that bother me as much as you guys i don't know i just uh yeah maybe because yeah this record just isn't as represented so when I do hear it it's like oh oh yeah okay I'm not as kind of sick of it as a lot of the of the other songs in their mm-hmm. early discography. Uh I That's do a fair point. Yeah. Um I do love and I know, I think Mark played a part of it but I wanted to play the kind of the, the little say so it's about 20 30 seconds at 2 321. I, was gonna say, I love that next part where it's just yeah kind of very it's almost like the opposite of just that more complex harmony where it's just like <Chesko> yeah i just that so, was my favorite part that's my warm blanket moment of the song is that kind of 20 or that 30 plus seconds uh yet always yeah i'll i'll kind of agree with uh yeah with kevin this is a song with like multiple parts and there are definitely stronger parts i'll admit yeah the first kind of part is i guess it may be a little bit more corny if you want know, you know, to say that but p- l- it there's enough strong moments here especially there and kind of through the end that uh yeah they kind of lift it back up into the kind of the into my good graces yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Know where everyone stands uh coming up
3: yeah yeah absolutely uh let's keep going on here to the instrumental of the album and that is to live is to die
2: kind of funny that you started there (laughs) because it's probably the most unusual part of the song uh it actually kind of reminded me i don't know if you guys agree kind of like the unforgiven a little bit it kind of gave me as far as the tempo yeah it gave me that kind of i mean it's yeah it's a little bit more i mean i know it kind of the it gets a little less muffled later on uh, during that segment there but yeah just Mm -hmm. that guitar playing or acoustic guitar playing kind of reminded me of that uh yeah this is again a song that's hard to sum up in just a few minutes uh yes yeah, the the intro to the song definitely does remind me of fight fire with fire it's got that clean into the heavy where it kind of fades into the kind of again i think yeah, the classic e string riff uh you can't you can't escape it here but uh i like the transition a lot better on here than i did on uh, fight fire with fire i think well they're, i mean by this point i mean they're a much more well-developed band uh, as strong as Ride the Lightning is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, as far as Metallica, Cliff, if you want to say Cliff-inspired uh, instrumentals, uh, this is definitely the strongest one. Uh it relies less on, uh, I guess, their influences. Uh, there's a lot more kind of showing where they're going. Um, yeah, it's more cleaner production. Uh, yeah, uh, Definitely, probably the most melodic. Uh, it's not really hokey, kind of like Call of Cthulhu, or. <laughs> uh or, or any of these uh it's heartfelt uh, yeah it's, it's it is more- oh yeah definitely yeah it's, it's it's definitely the most kind of i guess if you want to say it's the, the ballad instrumental even with the heavy riffing i mean yeah because you've got that main to dun dun uh yeah kevin if you could queue up uh at uh i think or 56 seconds yeah that definitely has yeah you can hear like what what they would take onto the black album just that simple kind of yeah very kind of simple meaty uh non progressive i guess riffing there uh and it works, yeah funny enough and a in a very kind of uh, uh cinematic song yeah, it's uh yeah it's kind of it's it's there it doesn't get in the way of uh of the instrumental it's just kind of kind of carries it along uh sure and uh, i love that solo at uh one more uh, point i want to make at 554 kind of has it almost has like a melancholic kind of sending off for cliff feel to it uh you can kind of feel the emotion <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of, yeah, it seems like there's, yeah, here there's some much more cohesive, very, you could see the guys were like, okay, this is maybe the one moment where we're not going to be at each other's throat. You yeah, know, we're going to kind of, <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, we're going to, we're going yeah, to raise our glasses to our, your fallen brother.
3: Sure. Um, I'm going to say it here, that the, that original clip that I played around 458 where that clean guitar comes in. Yeah. <laughs> One of Metallica's most beautiful parts they've ever done, mm-hmm. and honestly, one of my favorite melodic parts ever. I I love that part, and then, then the guitar swells yeah. come in. It, yeah. it just yeah, it's like a violin. I don't know. it makes the heart melt, and yeah. I I love that part so much. Yeah. You can say what you want about the rest of the song. There might be dissenting opinions here, whatever, you know. But oh man, that part yeah. is. To with a, die for no it, pun intended yeah, with a lot it's lot of, just it, so good
2: right yeah with a lot of metallica instrumentals i mean there are yeah again they're, they're they're multi-layered and sometimes they're stronger and sometimes they're but yeah there's a lot more variation here than i think on any other uh but i just love yeah the way that it kind of weaves together it seems just like a stronger yeah
0: you know th- sure. this is the part of the show if you've listened to the other metallica um uh album discoveries that we've gone through that chris and i usually go at it with the the merits of the instrumental track and i will concede that this is the best one of the three that they have put out at this point um i might want to throw out a bold idea here um and say that this song should have just been that part at 458 that kevin mentioned
5: bold idea
0: (laughs) maybe maybe it should just been that really quiet uh guitar swells and and then just gone right into dire's eve you know just ending abruptly just like his his
2: life i don't know i mean that that main riff is pretty iconic i mean amongst metallica fans i don't think you can remove that yeah without it really affecting that part of Part of the album, I mean, essentially. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is uh, the one yeah. song
0: while I will say that the the bloat is there, and I I know that nobody's eager to send a friend or partner off, and this is what this song is. Um, and I also have to like I, I got to go there and complain <laughs> about this section here. Um, I'll pull it up. I mean, this is good. It could have ended here. You know, a nice three and a half minute review. Mad lies. The like, the
1: These are the pale deaths. Which is called. Not. I
0: mean, it sounds like somebody's reading bad goth poetry <laughs> over a metallic And look, I I know where this comes from. I know it's Cliff's notes, or you know, probably his last lyrics to date. It just doesn't work. Like and I, I, I- like, I don't know, like, I feel like yeah. maybe if they had done it in a different context or printed it on the album, you know, in a certain, like, you just can't speak metal lyrics and make yeah, it sound yeah, like,
2: good. <laughs> like, it just, yeah, like if it were put in the liner notes. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Or maybe I'm exercise sure somewhere yeah.
0: else. I just, it just, yeah. it's just like, who's talking? Like, what, that sounds bad. Like, <laughs> like if that were sung by James, maybe he would have made something of it. But just something like if, See, that, if you, if you if read sung, metal lyrics, it just doesn't work.
3: If it were sung, that almost would have been cool because it would have been like that Duke song that's not yeah popping in my head right now is that Duke's, Duke's end Duke's travels Duke's travels yeah that that where there's so much instrumental and then Phil comes in it, you know this would have been so much instrumental and then you know James comes in with Cliff's final lyrics
0: yeah. I mean, I you would have know. been sitting there and just like tripping out to this instrumental and all of a sudden James comes in and he'd be like, wow, that's different. You know, I, I feel like that it should have been yeah. sung or just put somewhere else.
1: I got I to gotta chime in here, guys. Uh, you guys are really backing this song a whole lot. And <laughs> I mean, absolute respect to Cliff. This is no, but like out of all of the instrumentals going into this podcast, this was the one where I'm like, I don't remember how it goes really i it didn't like do anything for me and i know i've like i have pretty much terminated or flushed every instrumental up until this (laughs) point but like this is my least favorite one out of all the instrumentals like (laughs) i i dig the the heavy like like i can almost hear that like coming down a little bit later, like on load or something like towards the very end of, of the load record, which we'll get into that a little bit later, but I don't know. I like, I I will admit like, I need to go back and listen to the later half of this record a little bit more, but I don't know. Like they hadn't played this song live really. And it probably was in respect to cliff, but they hadn't played it until like their 30th anniversary and i don't know maybe it just wouldn't like a, a nearly 10 minute instrumental wouldn't have gone over that well but maybe yeah maybe singing in, in here would have helped it a little bit to me but it's just like i don't know it's it's just kind of there yeah. and it, nothing know? really stood out to me other than that heavy kind of stompy yeah. riff i don't know right. i need to go back yeah, to who knows
2: it. Right? who knows if they were i mean this could have been another moment where they were just doing it for themselves i mean just as a way to kind of yeah sure know, i'm it's, sure it's, yeah, it's part of the healing process Uh, whether or not it kind of meanders or not, it's kind of, uh, maybe it was just their way of kind of saying goodbye, I guess, not to get all emotional, but, uh, and I don't know, I think, yeah, for that, I mean, as far as for them personally, I think they kind of, I think they kind of got it, but uh, from a fan perspective, maybe, yeah,
0: it was basically their band. I'm going to call Cliff their parent, but like, I think you could make an argument that musically he kind of was, um, their teacher early on and to lose your teacher, you know,
2: Right. You know, it's interesting. I always felt here because I'm again, because this is one of my favorite records, but it it does kind of feel like after Cliff died where it's almost like they're overcompensating here. It's like we don't have Cliff anymore. So it's like they're trying to take like even the most extreme aspects of the musical knowledge that he took, taught them and just tried to pack it.
3: Yeah, uh, oh, almost like proving themselves. Right,
2: exactly. In, in yeah, and I, and I, like, I oh I, yeah,
3: we got that. Yeah, we and, and I,
2: I, I that always stuff. find me as much as I love these songs, but I can, I can kind of see it from that perspective though that there is a lot of where it's almost like they're in a kind of a frantic mode, like okay, well we gotta, uh, well, kind of showing that well we can do this. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we, I mean, yeah, Cliff's not here, but we can, we can still be as complex. And I think maybe, it kind of maybe it shows a little bit where it's like showing where it's almost like a frantic complexity yeah because yeah. Mm. you see and they they never went back it's almost like they broke the camels back and i think they've even admitted that Where it's like because you don't really see this well represented because i think it was such a difficult i mean i always considered this record kind of like their hemispheres yeah for another rush uh, reference where it's just like where you're kind of playing at the edge of your abilities and you kinda kind of feel that there and even i think the band themselves have kind of said like yeah like you might hear one song from this album in there because i think yeah when mark yeah when you and i saw them i think they only played um uh harvester of sorrow wasn't it yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that was it mm-hmm. i don't remember them playing anything else from this record yeah uh A
3: very salient
0: point very deep into this album uh that i hadn't considered
3: yeah yeah for sure Uh well, let's close this out with dire heat.
0: pretty good relationship with my folks Um, obviously (laughs) James does not Um, and uh, you know even still and um, you know I do as well Uh, I have a good relationship with my parents but the angst and anger in this song as somebody discovering it sophomore year or freshman year of high school this just fits the bill and I will say as a closer this might be one of the greatest closers of all time Maybe I'm not 100% uh, confident in that statement, but I I think it's worth consideration. I have to play this this year, Um, you know, after nine or eight tracks, you know, whatever, 54 minutes of just riff after riff after riff, they throw in another one. They don't end the song. They throw in another riff. and it's one of those moments the i'm in hell without you i mean it's just so cool and then it goes into that blast beat section again and like they're doing it again like i know kevin has a problem with the repetition on this album i think it's so cool on this song and the way that ends it just ends just stop you know Mm -hmm. it just stops on a dime and then enter sandman
2: yeah (laughs) yeah this uh yeah, this is definitely one of those stock is massively rising for me, especially when I really kind of went dug back into this. I
5: Kevin stocks on the yeah, rise. Yeah,
2: this is an unbelievable. I mean, this is I always loved it when James kind of, as far as kind of finding kind of therapy through his music. I mean, I, that's where I always felt where he was always strongest as a lyricist, and you can see this is a very personal song, and he doesn't kind of miss skip a beat as far as getting it out. No, because uh, yeah. No cuz I think yeah uh, uh I think you guys played that one part uh yeah the I think it's pretty much the the main uh, one of the main verses yeah dear brother dear father every thought I think you disapprove curator dictator yeah his parents were christian scientists so there was he grew up in a massively dysfunctional religious household uh, and he talks about it mm-hmm. like growing up like in high school like during like when they would have like certain like scientific classes or health classes where he'd have to wait out in the hall while the class was being taught so he was very yeah not a lot of uh very very kind of staunch, rigid kind of uh, household, and you can tear it here. And unfortunately, I think you kind of see that throughout his career, just those struggles from his childhood. And I don't think it was done, described better than it was here. And even the riffing—I mean, it's very much kind of something you would expect off of like uh, Master of Puppets. I mean, just that main—that main riff is da 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 I mean, it sounds like something off like Disposable Heroes. Yeah, or I was going mean, to say it, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it it fits the emotion though. This is not this is just him kind of pouring his guts out in the most guttural sense. And yeah, it doesn't need a sophisticated uh riff like uh yeah, yeah like you see on like Injustice for All. Yeah, this is just a thrash kind of this is what my uh, kind of one of the better, I hate my parents' songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <know. laughs> Oh, and I
0: love at the end how lyrically it shifts to his perspective on the world now. And like, mm-hmm. you know, you raised me in a way that it's no better. Or I almost kind of see why you're so bitter and angry because right. you know, the world is bitter and angry and there's no justice for all.
2: Yeah. Yes, I, it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, it's just a great kind of, probably one of the most, the best underrated song in their discography, in my opinion
1: yeah i I could i could i could give some love to this song especially after better (laughs) after after not really liking the last two songs that much i definitely will say it ends on a high note for me and and this is definitely maybe my favorite closer yet Uh, i'm gonna rival it between damage ink and i know i think i either i I flush damage ink and that's just because it was such a hard thing to do but it just because everything else was so strong but Yeah, I think it rivals that for the best closer up until this date. And uh, one thing I noticed, and I kind of put it together, and I don't know if this was an intentional or not, and I'm digressing here, so this might be a little bit of a nerdy thing to say, but I I was kind of mentioning on the first episode, sort of about Metallica's influences, especially more in the hardcore kind of Punk, British, you know, British uh, new wave of heavy metal, and I know, you know, you see, they, they actually did a Discharge cover on Garage Inc, which was a, a British hardcore punk band, and their biggest record is entitled "Hear Nothing, See Nothing, Say Nothing." So I wonder if that was a little ode to Discharge there, uh, in that in that lyric there. I, I would be interested to to read more about that, but yeah, I, I will totally agree with the fast picking disposable heroes uh riff there i i, I totally hear that and uh yeah I, I think it's a it's a strong closer um one that i kind of want to explore a little bit more but i think it, it ends the album on a high note for me especially because the, the the songs before it i don't know kind of die down a little bit and then it brings it back up and right. ends it off strong so that's where i'll stick with it
0: it's definitely a well-placed area for them to put some of their heavier I don't even know if it's a heavy riff, but just Lars's double bass. Is oh, yeah. yeah
1: drumming world. is great on it. Yeah.
3: Well, here I go again. No, I'm kidding. Actually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Yeah, I know I've been a little bit down on the, on the back half of this album, but despite being a little formulaic, you know, Damage Incorporated, Dire's Eve, kind of, you know, here's the thrasher to close the oh, record. Oh, come on. <laughs> you know, no, I'm I, to a metal yeah. militia yeah no 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 that this this is a great song this is my another stock on the rise song for me um it's it's nuts <laughs> mean. yeah and i know that it's it's not long enough for me to hate the repeats yeah, right like i know mark mark said that there is a little bit of repeating in in there but i actually kind of like when those ideas come back in this song and it's just the energy is out of this world i really love it and of course you know, my love of a strong closer, they bring it together here. Yeah. So I give it a plus.
2: Right. Yeah. Okay. James definitely kind of, yeah, really handled this one with care. And again, because it is such a personal song. I mean, you could see, yeah, there, yeah. However, yeah, yeah you were going to get the full emotional impact.
0: <laughs> sure. Okay. Here we go. That closes out the band's most progressive streak to date. Now we move to seven for the buy. Who gets an extra yeah. love or uh, fl- sorry? Who gets an I'm extra? I'm doing the podcast or buy, and uh, Chris gets an extra one by default because he gets. I'm one doing every the podcast records, so that is his uh, show here. So, um, so
2: okay. kick it off. All right. all right, sounds good. Sorry about that. Yeah, I uh, yeah I, uh, yeah never mind. I <laughs> um, all right. Um. True or false? Uh the album just missed the top 10 on the Hot 100
3: peaking at 15. Was- I figure I'm going to bomb out early on this one uh since I know zero Metallica trivia. I'm going to say true. Uh
2: that is incorrect. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah, there
3: yeah, we Yeah, it, act-
2: it actually peaked in the top 10 uh, at number 6. Uh-oh so that was uh that yeah the hot 100 a... yeah that was wow. yeah yeah so that was uh quite a uh, an undertaking uh, uh all right oh well. <laughs> all right uh question number two uh there we go uh okay uh yeah this is a, a multiple choice uh prior to enlisting fleming rasmussen again uh, as producer the band briefly considered mike clink who had just come off of producing what other classic record of that era uh, Was it A, Slayer's Rain and Blood, B, uh, White Snake Self-Titled, uh, C, GNR's Appetite for Destruction, or D, Motley Crue's Girls, Girls, Girls?
1: Oh, my horn's not working! Oh,
3: this, oh. this is so irritating! Uh, I know this one! This is so irritating! Uh,
1: GNR, a- yes, Appetite.
2: You are correct. Dingy, dingy,
3: dingy. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I, I hate this. I knew that one.
2: Yeah sorry i I intentionally did that because i knew you'd bomb out early
0: (laughs) was it ruben producing slayer records at this time
2: uh i believe yeah that was rain and blood yeah Yeah. you were right because he was they were on def jam um okay um all right Uh, another um multiple choice uh according to a guitar world interview james headfield said the intro battle scene in the song one took its inspiration from a song called buried alive by what early 80s extreme metal band uh, was it A. Bathory, uh, B. Venom, C. Celtic Frost, or D. Destruction? Oh gee,
1: <laughs> I, honestly, an I, I, I could, love uh, this. I quest. could get. Yeah, I could take a guess, and I wanna.
2: I wanna. Well, you gotta do. You, you wanna hit uh, your buzzer? <laughs>
1: I don't wanna bomb out, but I feel like it's gotta be either B or well, C. It's gotta be legit. You get.
2: It's gotta be B uh, or C
1: because well, I don't.
2: Well, you gotta. Uh, you can't. You, if you wanna call, you gotta. All you right, yeah, we can find. <laughs>
1: It was called Buried Alive. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think I know this. Isn't it Venom?
4: Yeah, you're okay, correct. Right. Yeah.
1: I was gonna say because A and D, I've never heard of, and I definitely know Celtic Frost and Venom, and I'm I know okay. Venom's like the big. if anything, Venom's the originator of black metal because they have a record called Black Metal.
0: Yeah, but they weren't for real. Yeah, I know. that kind of destroys their whole
1: shtick. Damn it! I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna win again on these records that I don't know what to freaking
2: pick. Well,
1: I should, I should <laughs> speak too soon. Here, let's not get cocky here.
2: Okay, um, hey, all right. All right, uh, true or false? Uh, Jace, uh, Jason initially received uh, a lot of input from Lars and James on his bass parts for the album.
0: Mark. Oh, well, it's true or false, and I'm down to nothing. I got nothing to lose, and I'm going to feel like that answer is true.
2: Uh, you are incorrect. Actually, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With Ben right. mixing yeah, well, his um, bass so he, low, there's
1: no way that's true.
2: I don't know.
0: I, I just feel like they would be control freaks about such things. No, like
2: the new he guy? actually he actually rec- uh, recorded it separately. Yeah, could without you imagine? Any, yeah.
3: He gets all this. <laughs> Could you imagine they just sit him down the corner, talk to him for hours about his base parts? He hears the final product, nowhere no to be found. He put all this <laughs> yeah. shredding in. He's like he's working on it for days and days, weeks to get the right take. Is not even there. Look, all I just
0: right. feel like it's a very large thing to do. <laughs>
3: okay, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying Build it wouldn't. Build him up happen, and then, then just shut him
0: down. I mean it's the new guy. I mean
2: I would expect that. All right. Well I was wrong, so I'll I'll eat it, you know.
3: So what does that mean? Yeah, well I was wrong question one, so it's all good.
2: <laughs> all right. Are we doing it where you have to get free
5: right now? Love it or okay. flush it. You know, Alex
2: mind. wins by default. Uh I think okay. that we yeah.
0: pretty poorly uh demonstrated our okay. it, was, it was only gonna get there. it was only gonna get harder from there. <laughs> yeah, so Alex you got uh, an extra buy or termination on I- your eight of ten record here okay and
1: uh take it away alex yeah I, I don't i don't mind that actually for this record in retrospect all right let's move it over to love it or flush it order tonight is going to be chris mark kevin and myself let's open it up with blackened chris what are you giving this one?
2: Oh, i am buying this one yeah big you see oh. here's my yeah my metallica platinum card yeah i i don't think i have to explain it this is just <laughs> yeah probably my second favorite metallica song behind uh, creeping death uh, nice. it's just uh it's just relentless and probably one of my all-time favorite choruses and that's why i still wish they would have played it live when i saw him sure i would have loved that sure. too all right mark what do you think uh, a little bit of lyrical
0: cheese that i didn't touch on in the track by track um um uh, repeating can you see your mother die like three different ways in a row is a little bit corny but nowhere near enough to not love such a killer song
3: fair enough kev what do you think uh, I'm also going to give this a love. I think it's a great way to open this. Oh, I thought you were going to say buy there.
1: Okay. Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> take it away here. And because I was granted an extra here, wasn't going to be my first buy originally, but since I got an extra, I'm going to join Chris and I'm going to buy this one as well.
0: Join the playlist. Oh,
1: nice. Join in the playlist. Yeah. I mean, what a my favorite opener to date and i i love the riff still i i want to learn how to play it solid uh right, it's, just, yeah. it's just a super fun <laughs> That's <the idea>. it's <laughs> a super fun song and I, yeah i would have loved to see this so okay let's move on to track two uh the title track injustice for all chris what about this one
2: uh another strong love uh just such a well-constructed uh, complicated song but very very classically melodic uh but uh yeah just a love for me though
1: okay fair mark
0: yeah a song that i looked at the length uh when i was previewing this record again uh, and i kind of groaned i gotta make it through 947 of this and found myself listening to it again it was so interesting and well written so nothing but a love
3: cool kev i am also going to give it a love i think it's peak metallica musicality nice and i'm going to back that as well uh even though it is a longer song like
1: i said it, it reminds me of xanadu by rush where it's a long song but honestly it's so interesting that it feels shorter than it is which is a uh a sign of a successful long track in my opinion so let's move it on to track three eye of the beholder chris what are you giving this one
2: uh, I'm giving it another love. uh It's yeah, again one of the more simple songs on the record, but it just yeah, it just kind of pounds, and it's easy to. It's also easy to play, and that's another reason why I love it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. One of the few. Yeah. All right. Mar- I would have
0: put yeah, I would have put Harvester of Sour of uh, Sorrow here. Um, <laughs> sour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A bit sour in the sixth spot should have been in the three spot before it went yeah. to waste. Um, but the uh, uh, you know it's a break from the progressiveness of the record and I feel like if they were breaking from the progressiveness of the record musicality wise that they should have put just a stomper in the three spot but it's still a good track so I give it a love
3: cool Kev what about you uh, oh boy I like that I think i I'm like have that. to break out the flush
5: for this oh, <laughs> oh god oh no, no
3: yeah Sorry about that, everybody. That. Any any
1: particular reason why? Any comment on why? I,
3: I don't mind it switching things up, like Mark said. I just feel like it's too long, and I don't remember it. Okay. <laughs> I've listened okay. to it like five times during the week, and I still can't remember how it goes until it comes on. But
1: yeah, that's it. Fair. Okay, well, I, I will... I know I noticed that in the beginning, uh, Track by Track, I didn't mention a Stock on the Rise song, and I think I'm actually going to give it to this one. Uh, It's one of the deeper songs on the record that I... Kevin
5: Stocks on the Rise. Exactly.
1: One that, like Kevin said, I I didn't really remember much looking at the track listing, but it almost is kind of like the same deal with Motor Breath on the first record, where I love the first two songs so much, and then you get into the three spot, and you're like... Yeah, Motor Breath, I didn't really remember. It, but then I listened to it. I'm like, yeah, that is a really strong song, actually. I, I, I'm going to love it. And I'm going to say the exact same thing here, which I will say, Mark's uh, idea about Harvester of Sorrow in the three spot is pretty, I like that idea. I wouldn't mind. Uh, intriguing. It's intriguing. Yes. I, I could see that <laughs> working. That would be, man, what a mammoth first four tracks if Alex's that was the case. Intriguing <laughs> moments. That yeah. would huge. But yeah, I'll,
2: I'll give it a love.
1: I'll, I'll give it a love. <laughs> So let's move on to probably the biggest song on the album. One. Chris, what are we giving this one?
2: Yeah, I know. I'm not going to f- destroy it like you guys would expect me to. Yeah, this is, yeah. are <laughs> not going to flash or am I? one. <laughs> yeah. Terminate Jump. Uh, yeah, this is, yeah, I know. <laughs> that should be my yeah but that should be my thing i, ju- I just destroy the like the big that, hit off the that's record on, yeah. that's on
1: chris's tombstone he destroyed jump jump
2: biggest diamond record should have never yeah, the, yeah yeah there's my epitaph yeah f jump i know <laughs> 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 uh, anyway um no this is too much of a lyrical uh musical journey here and i gotta give it a big love yeah, I don't need to uh, to elaborate yet. Yeah, uh, I think our fans, uh, fellow Metallica fans, oh. should understand. Okay, sure. Mark, what do you think?
0: You know, I, uh, Chris didn't want to go there, but I will. Um, and it's oh, wow. more of an F.U. flush, because I just don't need to hear this song ever again. Sorry, okay. it's good. It's overplayed for a reason. But I just can't almost, I don't know that I cringe when it comes on, but it's more of a... Uh, like I gotta plod through that intro again, and and it's more of a property of um, you know there's not a whole lot to flush on this record, so I will flush the song that I just don't need to hear anymore. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Uh, I don't mind that, Kev. What do you think?
3: Uh, I'm gonna uh, back up Chris on this one, and pretty much exactly what he said. So I'm gonna give it a love. Laugh. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can totally see where Mark
1: is coming from on this. I mean, it is overplayed. I really don't need to hear it anymore but I don't know if I could leave it off the album. Um, so I'm going to give it, uh, I, I think I'll, there's still room for a warm squeeze in my heart for this song. <laughs> uh, I, I skip it, but it, it's still got to be there in my opinion. So I'll give it a warm squeeze. So let's move on over to shortest straw. Uh, Chris, what are we giving this guy
2: uh, or gal? I know, I know. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know. Uh, i Kind of defended this song quite a bit the uh but since we're we have to use up all of our uh uh all of our choices as far as what to do with these songs um and also because this is as much as i love the relentlessness of this song it's the song i had to listen to a couple of times to really remember uh oh. just the music of it I, I i gotta i gotta kill it oh unfortunately boy. Yeah, that's oh, a big key. Oh, and this, and I want, I want, I want to, I want to emphasize to my, bro- uh, to, my to my brother Alex over there. This the is drumming. this is a massive. I don't, I don't, I don't hate any song on this record, but I just based on the following the rules. Uh, yeah, this is the one I guess that kind of just tips that edge a little bit. Uh, as far as yeah, uh, out of an album of unbelievable songs for me, this was yeah uh, number nine. I guess nine nine of nine awesome songs. <laughs>
3: it, 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 it is yeah. the, it is
1: the yeah. sh- shortest straw in uh chris's yeah. haystack i guess okay all yeah, right yeah. well uh mark we what, are you gonna be so kind yeah. of this one or what are we thinking uh
0: yeah i know he's trashing it a bit on the track by track i'm kind of on the fence here i despise that that you know kirk coming in with the wrong <laughs> solo moment and and and, and, yeah those the james mid-range shortest strides is quite a bit uh uh you know burying the needle on the cringe factor there but i do love my relentless songs and i do think that there is just enough there to tip it over
1: into the love category nice i like that well i think i I feel like i some some's coming here guys some's coming here kev's up next You might as well just hit me with it, Kev. You might as well.
3: <laughs> you know, since you asked for it. Oh, oh,
1: oh, <laughs> no. No. A God T. God bless it.
3: You know, I was on the fence between a T and a flush before well, it's, you it's, asked it's, for it. And you know what? Screw
1: you, you T. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I'm going to go back. I mean, I know first first go around, I said it was my favorite song on the album, but it's not going to be a buy for me. It's not going to be a buy. I'm still going to give it a strong love. Um, It's definitely not the best song on the record by any means, but there's just something about it that just gets me, and I think it's the drumming. And that it's a little bit more Shortest of a, yeah, but I don't really care about that so much. I just Shortest I think straw. there's like enough in the drumming and the groove and just something about it. It's just like <laughs> when I think of when I think of this album, I think of this song. I don't know what it is. It's just there's something about it. I don't know.
2: I know, it, I know it's great. Sure. Sure. Well, I think I think a Paul too. But
1: yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a love. Okay. So all right, let's move it right on over to Harvester of Sorrow. Chris, what do we give in this one?
2: Uh, another big love for me um and you know there's too many aspects to point out here but yeah it's just a great uh uh again kind of like i have the beholder it's got more of a simple kind of riffing and but it again it just punches with those deep kind of almost stuff uh, for whom the bell tolls kind of yeah where james is really kind of digging in where he feel like he's gonna break a string but it just yeah it really it really punches so yeah love 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 <laughs>
1: That's interesting you mentioned that because you were, Mark was talking about flipping Harvester into the three spot and is for whom the bell tolls, not the number three spot on ride the lightning.
0: You're right. It's the three spot.
1: So, Hey, I mean, they could have followed the formula a little bit better there. Maybe, uh, maybe that's where they, Oh no, (laughs) I don't know. I feel like that would have made a little bit more sense in retrospect. That would be an interesting one to make a playlist of our desired track listing for this record. But Anyway, last we'll move on to Mark. What are your thoughts on this one?
0: Uh, I mean, it's a song that makes me wonder what would have happened to the band had they put out more stuff like this post-Black Album. I know they had to do the Black Album. They had to cash out. They had to make money. Um, but had boy they did they <laughs> Yeah, but had they could they have continued in more of a harvester of sorrow and frayed ends of sanity direction uh going forth with a bit more progressive touch to that iconic you know, I called it black hole weight metallica riffs pounding that E string. So in all that being said, an easy love.
3: Nice.
1: Okay, Kev, what about this one?
3: Uh definitely going to give this a love. Uh, I'm not sure about the phrase ends of sanity, like Mark said, but this is an incredible song. Yep, uh, I agree. And this
1: one's going to go out to my buddy, Paul Kinerko. I'm going to join <laughs> him and say this. If I only had one buy on the record, this would have been it. So I'm going to ring it up for my second buy. Ooh. And Ooh, to wow. be
0: honest, Paul's it, credit card. It, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm going to borrow Paul's credit card, putting it on the writing it off <laughs> on the White Sox card there. I honestly, man, this, it's like one of those songs where it's like the true Metallica fan, I think really loves the song. They still play it a lot. And was, I think this was a single, if I'm not mistaken. Was it? It was. It was technically Uh, the first single on the record. Harvester, Eye of the Beholder, and One. It's really interesting, the singles they pick, and then the ones that end up being like the (laughs) fan favorites down the road. But I think... They knew that this was a super strong song. I love that it was the first single, and this might be the best song on the album. I don't know. That could be it. So that's where I'm going to stick with it. So, let's move on to the frayed ends of sanity. Chris, what are we giving this
2: one? Uh, bring on the OeOs, bitches. Yeah, I'm giving it the love. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I know. I know. I know. You thought I was going to buy it, but no, no, I'm not going to. Yeah. yeah. Don't 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 love it that much. But uh yeah, like uh, going back to what Kevin said earlier, as far as there's a lot of this multi kind of sectional song, there is a lot of incredible parts, notwithstanding some of the more kind of goofy simplified parts. And yeah, so I got to, yeah, I got to give it the love, especially for that middle section. (laughs) All right, Mark, what do you think?
0: Yeah. Non-Firehouse fans unite. Give it a love from me. Stock on (laughs) the rice Can't give it a flush. Definitely worth uh, uh, listening to at a deeper level. Please give it another listen and just start maybe 20 seconds don't All right, Buzz yourself with it Uh oh, <laughs> Kev? Kev? Oh boy that, 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 that
3: buzzer was a mistake, I'm sorry about that No, it like, wasn't no, <laughs> I was debating I was, You know, I was debating on this one and, and, and the debate was between This and the shortest straw About which one to terminate And so this one just gets a flush <laughs> Yeah Kev Let's let's wait for that to get
1: down there. Uh, rubber glove ain't coming out for me. I'm gonna join you in on the flush, but I will. I will... don't let me get a don't let me interrupt. But yeah, I will. Make sure it's gone. I will make sure it's gone. I will, go... <laughs> sure gone. I will gladly take up Mark on the request to listen, re-listen to the song. I think I'm actually gonna go back and re-listen to. The last three songs on this album in general and really give it a, a good listen. But uh as of right now it gets the flush for me. So
3: I think I'm gonna go re-listen to the Wizard of Oz. Or soundtrack. we could do that as well. Who's to say? <laughs> I maybe, I thought you were gonna say I'd
2: rather listen to the Wizard of
3: Oz ma- soundtrack ma- than ma-
1: this. Maybe
2: we, <laughs> ma-
3: maybe we watch. Maybe
1: we watch the movie. We put the movie on mute and we just loop this song for the whole entire. <laughs> <Yeah>. However <laughs> as long yeah. as
0: just never heard on planet Earth before. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, let's move it on over to the instrumental of the record. Uh, Chris, to live is to die. What are we gonna?
2: What are we gonna uh, get this? I- song? Yeah, I gotta, gotta love this one. Yeah, it, uh, it's one of those, I think, what did Kevin say? It uh, fills up your heart. Yeah. yeah, yeah For uh, all of the metal brothers out there. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, we gotta, yeah, gotta, gotta bring it in. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, gotta love it. All right, Mark, what do you think? Look, I, I hate to do this, and... No, you um, don't. No, you're, I see that smile on your face. Uh, I I like <laughs> you're you're, you're the, loving every minute of it. Like I,
0: I hate <laughs> to terminate or flush every single Metallica Ooh. instrumental. Look, you know, I don't know why I loved Metallica instrumentals so much when I was younger. I don't dig them now, and it's really just by process of elimination that I have to terminate this song. It's their best of the bunch, but... Yeah, I could just yeah, terminate the first four and a half minutes. It plods. It's bloated. It needs a diet. Um, and, you know, don't read goth poetry over my Metallica,
3: please.
2: <laughs> there we go. There's, <laughs> our, there's our new. Uh, our new uh. Uh,
3: I kind of understand where Mark is coming from. However, that middle <laughs> section to me is just too good. Yeah to love or not to love I mean to, to I, I couldn't flush it you know it, it's tough because yeah it's it's got a little bit of the blow it's pushing 10 minutes but man that middle section just speaks to the heart it does so I, I'm giving a love
1: okay well very well well it doesn't speak to my heart so we're gonna go ahead and tee this one up as well because <laughs> yeah, you cause you're, cause you're uh, dead uh, <laughs> Alex
2: is dead um, inside sorry. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know what it is it's just it's the one instrumental out of the yeah. uh, first four records that i literally didn't really remember how it went at least i know i flushed the other ones but at least i r- could recall how they went in my head this one i i, I didn't really remember so it's, i will Mr. again of stone of course over course. there i'll go back i'll listen <laughs> to it i will try to bend an ear to the beautiful middle part that kevin is talking about but as of right now at 1003 on uh monday 817 gets the big t so let's move it on <laughs> over to the final song of the album, Dyer's Eve. Chris, what are you giving this one?
2: I'm gonna use my second buy and I'm gonna spoof this up and put a minute. my Metallica. Uh, okay, Chris, hold on.
0: Hold yeah. on. You have not flushed a track on this record, and I know it's a ten for you. Yeah, I did. Wait, oh, yeah, wait, I did. He was, yeah. He I... was trying to sneak by here. He's trying to get sneaky. You terminated oh. short short of straw. Oh
2: crap. You, you uh, yeah. oh, he, I, he
1: was trying to sneak by. He was trying to get out of this one.
2: You know what? I'm going to have to switch it up a little bit because I'm, I'm, I'm buying this regardless of what okay. <laughs> the rules <laughs> say.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, I guess, uh, even though I kind of really defended it, uh, the previous track, To Live Is To Die, I'm going to oh! give it a very oh! reluctant flush.
1: Oh, oh he's He's, back back he's, he's back on. On. Heaven is the only one who loves
2: To Live Is To Die.
1: Uh, you know and what? It,
3: and a- it's only because of one little part, too, so... <laughs> you yeah. know what? Da, da, da. You,
2: you, no, you I, know what?
3: I'm totally fine with that.
2: No, I, I I am still kind of in Kevin's camp. I just yeah, realized I kind of made a goof. <laughs> Goddamn rules.
0: <laughs> and you agree to abide by them, or you will be sued into oblivion.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right, well... Oh, let's- All right. Whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, what's tea? going on? Was
1: that a T by Mark to Dire Z? No, no,
3: no. no, no. I, I was just joking around that Mark would be, you'd be blasted yes. into oblivion that's if, that, you uh, that's what yeah. if you didn't abide by the rules. Okay.
2: If you don't follow the rules,
3: we'll blow Jeez. up your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I didn't realize this podcast was so high yeah, stakes. Yeah.
1: We'll, we'll move on over to Mark's
3: opinion on this
1: song, Dire Z. What do you give in this one, Mark?
0: Uh, by process of elimination, it has to be a buy. Whoa! okay no way it couldn't yeah, just, 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 it's the best song on the record for me you know right. it's, it's. I know the other ones are a little more of a musical masterpiece but how can you deny the energy of this song on a playlist
1: sure okay I could hear that well Kev <laughs> what do you think
3: you know what uh, also by process elimination this is going to be my body oh, nice
2: Man. Okay. This so, is pro- probably the yeah, deepest track uh, on here, too. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, you know why, too, is I was thinking about it. I didn't know what I was going to do coming into this Love It or Flush It section after the track by track. Sometimes I get swayed. But uh, I was thinking about my playlist, and, and I bought The Thing That Should Not Be Last Time. I bought Fade to Black. I bought The Four Horsemen. I feel like this rounds out that playlist very nicely. Yeah, your playlist needs to
0: toughen up a little bit.
3: Well, yeah, that's that's why I'm getting Dyer's Eve because I feel like I have a cross section of early Metallica that way. Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah.
1: All right, yeah, well, this is- for this one, um, I I got to give it a love. Um, I I, I want, like I said, I want to go back and really <laughs> listen to it, but uh, uh, it's more of a a, a squeeze for me. Uh, but I really, really? I really want to bend an ear to it because, like, what? That's three buys. Already, there's got to be something to it, so. I want to go back and really yeah. listen to. It. I will say it is it is a cool closer, and like I did say, it it rivals Damage Inc. for me, um, and it ends the album well. So yeah, it, it it deserves to stay, but I want to appreciate it more. So I'm really okay. going to pay attention to it, it after James is pouring so. his guts
2: out here. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm not much, like I said, I'm not much of a lyric guy. I usually pay attention to the lyrics, the, the music, but I will, I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll do you a solid and I'll read the lyrics along with this song. So that's where I wrap it up on the love it or flush it. All right, sure
0: okay strong buys here now let's get to that 30 seconds that will open the podcast the 30 seconds that best represents where metallica was at this point in time and because it's a triple buy and because i already nominated i am going to go with the last 30 seconds of dyer's eve you know i even opened my show uh or my my segment uh, expecting that to just abruptly end and just to give it an oh yeah So, I don't force everyone else into it, but that's my 30-second nomination. Anybody have any other ideas? Uh,
1: I actually, I I have one, uh, if you don't mind, I I can chime in here. Um, Hmm... Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go along with maybe the uh, first 20, 30 seconds of uh, Freight Ends of Sanity, uh, if possible, <laughs> if that could be the intro to the podcast.
2: <laughs> all right, enough jokes and, here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to bed. <laughs> it's, it's past my bedtime now. Um, all right. Uh, okay, Mr. Uh, Jokester over there. Are uh, you uh, that your final? Uh, stick, <laughs> no. Stick honestly, honestly,
1: no, now. no, no. To be to be completely fair, and this is going to be funny because I'm going to bring the Paul Canerco, uh analogy back. But honestly, the beginning, the beginning of Harvester, it pumps you yeah, up. That kind of a... That's going to be my that's going to be my favorite 30 seconds. Yeah. It it got me pumped up at a young age. Yeah.
0: Does en- killer
4: I
1: mean, but,
3: you know. does anybody hear that little choir sound I effect did. that's buried deep in the I mix okay, i didn't know if i was the only one
2: that opening right. up a podcast pretty good yeah <laughs> yeah that's a, yeah my only i mean yeah that's i mean there's no denying yeah that, that's just your oh. awesomeness but um, as far as in the context of where the band was at the moment i mean outside of the main riff which is very much a justice riff the uh the clean intro kind of reminds me of i don't know something you'd see on like the pre- two, previous two records um i think are uh, well i'm kind of if i'm understanding we're kind of looking for yeah the you know, as far as the 30 seconds the best represents yeah this uh, particular moment in time yep. that's kind of what we're going sure. for here uh and i may, might have to go maybe
0: mine is a little too heavy for where they were yeah
2: Right, yeah, Kev, can you can you pull up Mark's choice? Yeah, the last thirty seconds of Dire's Eve. Yeah, just so I can.
5: Oh, yeah.
0: So, Kevin, Kevin, what do you side on? Do you, uh, we're, we're, you're the tiebreaker here, essentially, unless you have another 30 seconds you want to...
3: Somehow start. I always end up being the tiebreaker, but this one is easy. I'm going with Mark and Chris on this one. Really? Okay. It was my It was my yeah. buy. It's an insane way to end the record, yeah. and it's an insane way to open up a podcast.
1: Okay. I mean, I'm going to still stick with mine, but I, I lost anyway, so... That's
2: fair. Sorry, Paul.
1: I lose Paul. to the rules, but I... I I would go down fighting. Yeah. The harvester I mean you the
2: won yeah, you won you won the uh the seven for the buy, so I guess you had to lose somewhere. Paul
0: Kanurko's credit card could probably lap all our credit cards combined, but if you want yeah. to
3: on the show, <laughs> <I will>. yeah, <laughs> if, if you get Paul on next show and he says Harvester of Sorrow, we'll we'll edit the podcast we'll and change it, it.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll do it <laughs> for <some. laughs> Okay. Well we'll think about it. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> All right, all right,
0: that closes and justice for all. And uh, for some people, maybe uh, you know, fans listening, that might be your last Metallica episode <laughs> that you listen to for uh, for light the sky here, because the band is about to take a turn. They're about to um, uh, engage the services of one Mister Bob Rock, fresh off producing. Back to our Motley Crue connection, Dr. Feelgood, because the band, uh, if I recall correctly, loved how much uh, and how heavy Metallica, or sorry, Motley Crue sounded um, on Dr. Feelgood on their 1990 or 1989, I think it's 1989 record. 89, uh, yeah, that was, yeah. 89. So, uh, our next stop will be 1991 for you, and meet us on the other side with The Black Album by Metallica. See
2: you next